Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss and beyond. Remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. So be sure to seek medical support from a qualified health professional. All right, welcome to episode 47 of the High On Life podcast. I'm so excited to have Fatima Khan with me today. And we're going to be talking about what she discovered as the missing component in her weight loss. Her story is really, really encouraging. I know that so many women are going to hear this, be able to relate to what she shares, and really feel hopeful that, you know what, it is possible for them as well. So let me introduce Fatima. She's a 28-year-old recent pharmacy school graduate, and her love of travel new experiences led her to study abroad in the UK and she recently returned home to Mississauga. In her free time, she enjoys walking in nature and writing and being creative in the kitchen and spending time with family and friends. And like so many women, Fatima began struggling with her weight in middle school. This continued through her teenage years and into her 20s. And experiences in her formative years led her to really struggle with body image and insecurities and self-worth. So despite being a naturally confident and positive person by nature, the thought of her weight was always kind of lingering in the background of her mind. So she did what most women do. She extensively researched eating plans and diets and exercise regimes, and she thought she had the right tools to lose weight, but her efforts had minimal success and ultimately led to frustration and disappointment. And that's where she discovered Best Weight and the High Metabolic Clinic. And she realized finally the missing component of her weight loss struggles, which was the thought work, the mind management. And she now describes herself as on a path of realization and self-love and compassion, which has led her to successfully lose weight and improve her relationship with food and more importantly, herself. So Fatima, thank you so much and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, doctor. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this is amazing. And it's been a long time coming. We've been trying to record this for probably six months now. So I'm really, really delighted that you're here. Let's jump in because for some people listening and they're not at all familiar with thought work, they're probably like, what are you even talking about? Like, what is this thought work piece that you describe as the missing component for you? Yeah. So I, I don't know if the best place to start is to maybe the beginning of my journey. Yeah. Um, maybe- there. So um, as you mentioned in my bio, yeah, I did start struggling with my weight when I was in middle school. So it was around 10 or 11. And at that time, like it's your formative years. And unfortunately, we experienced a lot of bullying and it was surrounded by my weight. And I think that's where sort of issues with my self-image, my self-confidence and my preoccupation with what people thought about me and my weight really began and sort of became a thread throughout my whole life. And because I was so young, I didn't really know what to do. And I didn't really have the resources to know what to do. So I had well-intentioned family members, family friends, and like gym teachers try to give me varying advices, like, you know, try drinking green tea, like eat less sweets, try less rice, you know, try this soup, which of course never really worked. And I did try them and they just they just didn't work. And so, you know, I got a little bit older and I joined a gym, maybe around 13, 14. And I was signing up to the gym. I was like, great, I'm going to, you know, be able to get some some help with this. And I remember when I was signing up, the personal trainer at the time said, you know, if you don't lose this weight now, by the time you hit 20 years old, you know, your metabolism is going to drop. It'll be like a thousand times harder for you to lose weight. So then I was just was like in this sense of doom that, you know, my metabolism was like the straight line that as soon as I hit 20 would drop and I would 
it'd be impossible for me to lose weight. Yeah. And that didn't really work. So I got a little bit older and because I was always interested in health and science and my parents are both healthcare workers, I never really followed a diet per se. I just more like researched like specific exercise regimes or like certain meal plans. So I guess even though they weren't explicitly diets, they had diets within it or dieting culture within it. And so I'd try them, limited success, maybe like five pounds here or there. Got a bit older, got into university. There was this really popular like Instagram program that was fitness and food. And I, so I bought it. I was like, this is great. It has everything I need. It had like a month plan of, you know, exercises every day to do. And and so I did that and I, you know, prepared the meals that they had and I put in so much work into it. And I had a big preoccupation with the scale, as I think a lot of other women deal deal with too. So I'd step on the scale and nothing would happen. In fact, sometimes maybe I would gain like two pounds or maybe I'd lose two pounds, but it was relatively the same. And I'm like, what's the point if I'm putting in so much effort into eating differently and moving differently and it's so hard and nothing is happening. So I just, I gave up. And then around this time too, my family doctor had mentioned you. And so I started following you on Instagram. This was maybe in the mid 2010. So I don't remember if the clinic was in its full form, but I remember you posted recipes that I would follow sometimes. So I had that in the background and I'll mention that again in a second. So I joined another gym and I remember they were doing like an intake. So the personal trainer was speaking to me just about, you know, my goals and things. And so he asked me, why did I want to lose weight? And it was sort of kind of an easy question, I guess. I said what I thought, which was, you know, I've been struggling with my weight for so long and I don't, you know, I know it's negatively affecting my health and I have family history. It's, I don't want to get those problems that my family members have. And he said, yeah, besides that, like, what is the reason? Like, why do you really want to lose weight? And I legitimately didn't really know what he was asking. And I didn't know what to answer because I had never really thought too deeply into why, what, how is it going to make me feel? I just thought if I lose all this weight, I will automatically feel better. That's the conclusion. So I didn't know what to answer, but that I think that kind of started my thoughts into kind of like the mindset component. But because mm-hmm. at that time, I didn't really have it. No one was really talking about it. I didn't have the tools to do anything with it. It was just sort of there in the back of my mind that hmm, I never thought about it in this way. And maybe I should start thinking about it this way. And then so can I just pause you for a sec? So was, the, was it because you started to explore like the deeper why that that was what cued you? Is that, was that kind of the question that cued you? Yeah, because I think before yeah. a lot of my weight loss was number-based or like image-based. So I would right. focus on a number and be like, if I don't achieve this number, I haven't achieved anything. Or I'd look at myself and say, I don't look any different. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I still, you know, I still feel big, but I never thought about, you know, is it, well, well, I know this now through the program. Is it because of the way I think about food? Is it because I'm using food to cope for any emotions? Am I sort of feeling negative about myself because I've eaten bad food that day or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I stumbled last year, last summer, you were doing an Instagram live. And the title of that Instagram live was, I think, mindset is everything. And I think that's totally my journey now that I look back. And it's, it's so interesting that that is what started it off. And so you were, you were, it felt like you were speaking to me about things that I had dealt with, things that I had never known were issues and could be related to my weight you know, how my thoughts were, could be like self-loathing was affecting 
the way, like my weight loss goals or the fact that I wasn't achieving them because that's what I would do. I would, you know, look at the scale, feel bad about myself, give up, continue doing what I was doing and then rinse and repeat every single time. So yeah, that's, that's really what kind of kicked everything off for me. That is so interesting. And like, just to that point, I think so many women are trapped in this. And this is from toxic diet culture that when I lose weight, then the self-loathing will stop. And then I get to feel better about me and I get to love myself. And it's like, they don't even understand. It's the self-loathing that is preventing you from, you know, the full version of who you want to be, whether that's weight loss or anything else in your life, right? If you are or your, your, your thoughts are driving the self-loathing, it just doesn't ever lead to any helpful actions, right? Like you just don't move towards the person that you're going to be. So we actually have to do it backwards rather than like expecting that emotion to come later. It's like, we actually have to arrive at a place where you understand you're worthy now and you're worthy if you want to lose weight. Like there, you know, that, that worth is inherent. So that's, yeah, that's really, really interesting. I love that you, okay, I love it. Firstly, 2010, you started following me. That's that's like old school days on Instagram. I had no idea. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, so back to you. So now you like start realizing the mindset piece. So tell, tell us what happened next. Yeah, so I started with the program last July, or sorry, July, 2021. And I had a meeting with Teddy, who's great. And she's helped me tons. My dietitian has helped me tons with them. Um, with my eating and also my mindset, but I really was able to start realizing that. So maybe I'll go this way first. One of the first things that I realized that helped me the most is the thought model, which I think I've I've used so often, either implicitly or explicitly, and it's helped me so much. So there's one scenario that I think can describe this really well. So it was September, 2021. So I had been about three months into the program and COVID was just getting better. So things, you know, events were going back as scheduled. And I was invited to an award ceremony because I had been nominated for an award. And I attended the award ceremony. It was great. I met so many great people within the field and made new friends, had amazing food, got to dress up. You know, it was been such a long time since you've seen other people, stayed in a beautiful hotel And it was just a fabulous night. And I kept saying that to everybody that I knew. And so all in all, it was great. I was living a really, really amazing moment in my life. And then the pictures came in like the next day. And all I could think about was I looked at it and I said, wow, I really do not like how I look. I don't look great. But then I caught myself and I said, why am I focusing on that? You know, I am taking away from the fact that I had this amazing opportunity. I was, you know, having an experience that so unique for so many people and just doing things that brought me so much joy, you know, meeting new people, enjoying their company, learning from people, having a beautiful experience. And all I could fixate on was how I look like. And so that was really early on in the program. And I thought, wow, if I'm able to do this three months in, I can, instead of focusing on something that was so small and trivial, but had been something that I thought of so many times before, then one, I'm really capable of continuing this journey and having amazing success. But there's one quote that I think I'd like to share that describes this perfectly. It's by Serena Williams, which is, champions aren't defined by the number of wins they have, but how they pick themselves up when they failed. And so I feel like even if I encounter something that I don't want to call it a setback, but maybe something that, you know, is like a bump in the road, you know, I can just take it at face value and move on. If I've had a day where maybe I have eaten a little bit more than I needed to because if I'm at an event or something, 
I know that I'm able to pick myself up, continue my journey instead of self-loathing, falling into back into bad habits where I'm thinking negatively about myself and, and things that I would have done 10 and I have done 10 other times before. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that quote. And I think if nothing else, like if there was no other takeaway from what everything you're sharing, which is all gold, it would just be that like overcoming the setbacks and being able to pick yourself up. Because I think we forget so often that like, of course, there's going to be setbacks. We are all human. Like none of us is going to be perfect in this journey in anything, right? Like this can apply to so many different things in life and not letting those failures quote define us and like take us down that downward spiral, which so often happens, right? Of all the negative thinking followed by negative feeling followed by negative action and down and down we go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, you know, it's there. And this is something I learned through the clinic as well. Teddy told me like the journey isn't perfect. And how does that make you feel? And it was almost like this like weight got lifted off my shoulders and it's like, it doesn't have to be perfect. There's no rule book. The rule book is only created by what I make it. And if I make it seem like it's this really rigid thing and it has to be this number and it has to look this way, well, then I'm, I'm going to feel bad about it because, you know, sometimes those are unrealistic. So when she told me that I was able to think like, wow, okay, the journey isn't perfect and it's uniquely mine. You know, there's no point in comparing it to anyone else's because that person isn't me and I'm not that person. So it helped me take a step back and um, just, you know, look at it with compassion, as I said, and be really kind towards myself and think like, okay, you know, if I haven't reached this weight by this month, that's okay. That's fine because I've gotten up what we call non-scale victories now. I've achieved so many non-scale victories that I can't even count. And an interesting thing of when I started this program, I actually had no scale because when I lived away, I didn't have a weight scale, didn't think to buy one. And the only one that I had close to me was in my gym, which was in a very public area. And I had no intention of using that. And while I know now that like the scale is not a negative thing, you know, it can be a useful data point and when needed, it, it's it's helpful. But I know that that's not the only metric that there is. Yeah. So other things that I've been able to achieve, like I've been able to go on long hikes and not feel out of breath or the fact that I can actually go on a long hike and not feel like, oh, I can't keep up with my friends or I won't be able to do this. I used to have irregular periods for like eight years and I've been able to regulate my periods, which is huge. And just, you know, feeling better wearing the clothes that I'm wearing, how I approach food is so much better. I don't have to fear that if I go to a party, can I eat the cake? I know I can't eat the cake if I want to, but I can also choose that I don't want to because it doesn't feel good in my body. So that's been huge for me. Wow. Okay. Let's talk talk about that last point, because I think that is something that many people are like, is that even possible? Right. Where you're like, I can choose to have the cake or not have the cake. And it's completely within my own conscious choice. How did you arrive at that? I think it's been a process. Certainly when I started the program, Teddy had worked with me. Like I found it initially quite overwhelming to think like, well, how am I going to overhaul my eating? It has to be everything. It had to be all or nothing. And she said, why don't you just go one at a time? So I would just focus on one meal, breakfast, do that for a month. And then maybe the next month, if I had done that where I felt comfortable with it, move on to lunch. And then after a month, I moved on to dinner. And so because it was kind of like a slow burn that I was able to implement that in over a longer period of time, one, it showed me that it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be because I was only focusing on one thing at a time. I think 
for me personally, if I try to do too much at once and I'm not able to achieve it, it can be really disempowering. But by showing myself that I was able to do it a month at a time and that I was successful at it, I thought, okay, I can do this for long term and I can, it can be something that I can implement into my life rather than trying to adhere to a standard. It was, it was just what I did. So I was able to take things I was already doing and modify them to work for my body, whether that was eating, you know, a little bit more fat or protein to make myself feel more full. Like it was totally possible. And, and even things that used to scare me, like eating out with friends, because, you know, when you're in university, you do that quite often, you know, you're at parties or you're at a friend's house or you're going out to dinner. And that was really daunting because the, the meals are, are, we know, much larger than we'd make at home. But I felt like I was able to make choices the same way that I was able to implement those meal changes because of, I just deconstructed the way I thought about meals. I would start with, okay, here's my protein. And now let me look at what carbohydrates would be ones that I would enjoy and also fit my plate model. So doing those things made me see that it's one, not impossible. And two, I'm not really restricting myself from anything. I'm eating what I want when I want it and in an amount that feels good and works for me. That's amazing. I love the success begets success. So you start with the little things and then you build upon that. Now that can be tricky because I find sometimes women come into the program and they are in a big rush, right? Like it's like it, because their self-worth is tied to them losing weight. And this is something we really have to work with these women on is establishing their self-worth as a non-negotiable. And then weight loss comes after, you know, like weight loss is completely separate. They're two mutually exclusive things. Right. But did you struggle with that at all? Did you feel in a rush in the beginning of like, you know, because a lot of programs are like, you're going to lose weight fast, like get your beach body for the summer. Right. Like it's, there's a lot of like, it needs to be quick. So how did you wrap your head around that? Yeah, certainly when I started, I think I thought thing, I didn't, I didn't necessarily think that the program would make me lose weight fast, but I thought like, oh my God, if I do all these changes, I'll be totally successful. Like it's going to happen. I'm going to lose all this weight. And mine has been a little bit slower, but as I've mentioned before, like my victories are not just limited to the scale, you know, they've been through other things. And I did kind of have to talk myself down from that thinking that like, you know, I have to lose like this much weight at the end of the year because I think through the program, I've been able to see that the the differences that I can achieve are not limited to the way I look, but, or let me rephrase that. The way I feel, I think has been the most significant change and the thing that I think has made the most difference. Because as I said, I didn't have a scale for a year. So I was really forced to, you know, go back to the principles of the program, look at my hunger cues, look at the thought model, implement those things. And I had no numerical metric to go off of. So I was really just focusing on myself. So yes, as I was saying, I didn't have a weight scale for the entire year. So I was really forced to kind of, you know, pivot from what I would typically do, which is measure my, well, one, my weight through a scale, but two, what that weight meant to about my self-worth, because I would always kind of attribute those things to be the same thing that if I didn't achieve five pounds this week, then therefore I failed and therefore I'm not going to be successful. And therefore what's the point, which obviously is not helpful and hasn't been helpful for me. So I think that having that shift in the way I, I, I think about my weight loss and look at it towards more of 
you know, what do I think about myself? You know, is it that if I don't fit into these pair of pants, does it mean that I have any less self-worth? No, it just means that I'm on a journey, which I currently am on and I continue to be on towards feeling better about myself. Now I no longer look at clothes and think if I can't fit into that, that means that I'm not beautiful. Or if I can't eat a full bag of chips that I somehow am a, like, you know, I have, my body isn't capable of doing those things. So yeah, I just think that the mindset work that I've done has been able to have me pivot from that and yeah. look at things differently, which has been great. And then at the end of the year, when I did end up, my, my roommate actually did get a scale at the end of the year and I weighed myself. I was shocked because even though I had, wasn't looking at numbers, I felt so good in myself. I felt like I was more confident. I felt that I was able to show up for myself in situations and, and the way I was bringing myself into situations was so much better. I wasn't preoccupied thinking that, okay, if I go into this interview, is the person automatically judging me because I'm overweight? Am I going to be able to fit into this airplane seat? Like different things like that, that I would just always think about. I no longer had that mind chatter, which was, it's really a source of frustration. And it, you just feel so, so disempowered in yourself by constantly being the one who is bringing yourself down. And so I feel like I've been able to progress so much because of that, because I can finally have my own back and not feel like food is controlling me. So you mentioned earlier that you had done this other program and you were like right on it. You were doing the exercises, you were working so hard at following your meal plan, and yet you weren't losing weight and that was leading to frustration. How would you explain to someone that thought work is what made the difference? Because I can imagine some listeners are just like, how is like how does changing your thinking change anything about weight loss when you were like doing all this stuff and not able to lose weight? Like, why was this the key? Yes. So I think with that program, as I said, like I was so on top of it with the meal plans and the exercises. But the part that I didn't mention is that if I didn't lose weight as a like, because I would I did that program, I think, for about two months. And I would weigh myself maybe one or two times a day. And if I wasn't meeting whatever my mindset I should be meeting, I would immediately just be so hard on myself and think that what are you doing? You can never achieve this. You've never achieved it before. You're not going to achieve it in the future. And at the time, I wasn't conscious or aware that that was actually leading to what my continued non-success. But now I can look back and reflect and think like, you know, me being so heavily critical about not achieving whatever goal I had in mind wasn't benefiting me. It wasn't bringing me anywhere positive. Thinking about yourself negatively is not going to help you arrive at a positive place. I think you have to start in a positive or even a neutral mindset before you can make any progress. Because if you've already, if you are not being your own cheerleader, which I know is quite cliche, you know, you can't expect external things like food or an exercise to be able to compensate for that because you're not approaching the situation with the right mindset or the right headspace. And so I think I'm testament to that, that I've done that type of program before and I've done those types of regimes before. And I was, I constantly thought I wasn't able to achieve anything because I hadn't achieved anything. Whereas this time around, because I've been able to look at myself, what I think about myself, my relationship with food, and look back even further to the times where I did face 
bullying based on my weight and and realize that one, I can't control what other people think of me, but I can control how I respond to that. And so at the time, obviously I was really young. I didn't have the tools. So I can't blame myself for not being able to cope with that. But now I have the tools to be able to look at that in an objective way and think, you know what, what someone says about me is does not determine my worth. I determine my own worth. And so I feel like I've been able to kind of almost rewrite my story in a sense that I can think of, you know, I bring a lot to any situation I'm in. It doesn't matter what I weigh, my how I weigh doesn't affect, you know, my performance at school or my performance at work or my friendships. And, you know, if I am the one discounting myself in every situation, the only person I'm hurting is me. So yeah, that's what I think. I think that speaks to why the thought component is so important because I think without addressing those things, I would have been exactly where I was at that time and and just repeating the cycle again. And this is the only thing that has has been so different from before. I've always done the same things, which is food, exercise, but I haven't had that third component of what I think about myself, what I think about food, what I think about my journey, what I think about my story. And that's made, you know, I've had weight loss success and I feel better about myself and my image. So I think that that speaks for itself. That's amazing. And I love that just juxtaposition that you just mentioned where like in you previously, you were like weighing yourself twice a day and that was generating so much frustration. And then, and then you just stopped weighing yourself. You didn't even have a scale for an entire year. And then at the end of it, when you stepped on, you were like, wow, what a nice bonus, right? Like on top of all of the other things I've achieved for myself and how I've improved my health and my self-concept and, and I've lost weight. So that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like, as you said, it was such a bonus. Like that's exactly what it is. Cause when I enter the program, the, I think for most women, like the focus is the weight is the number, but here it was where you know, I kind of pushed that to the side and focused on everything else, you know, improving, you know, the way I thought about good at good and bad food, the way I looked at myself in the mirror and what that image meant to me and what my mm. feelings around that image were, and then successfully achieving those things. And then at the end, as you said, having the bonus of the weight loss and then the health benefits, like that was incredible. So I've really turned, I, I guess you could say it turned weight loss on its head for, for myself, looking at it in a completely different way. Yeah, that's really, that's really awesome. So I would love to hear how you would describe this. So one of the biggest challenges that I have in terms of like getting the word out about our program is really differentiating us from the commercial diet industry, because I'm so passionate about helping women really ditch diet culture and find a different way, like a real way that is empowering and loving. And, you know, weight loss is such a huge industry and, you know, we're so different but I would like to hear how you would describe that. Like, how would you describe the difference from diets that you've done in the past? Yeah, I think the key word in what you had just said was empowerment because the diet industry is huge. There are so many people telling you to eat this and move more and, you know, have this diet, go keto. But it's not so much the focus in the high metabolic clinic isn't so much those things. It's more about your thinking. It's more about looking at your approach to food mm-hmm. and the way you approach weight loss in general. And I think that because the clinic is so holistic, like you get so many different ways of helping you. Yes. You know, you get support with your food, with a dietitian, you get help, you know, in any of your medical needs with all of the physicians, but you also get like weekly calls that will help you think about things in ways you never thought before. And I think that 
that part is really empowering because one of the successes I find with the clinic is having those group coaching calls because I've realized like, wow, a lot of the mental chatter that I've had in my head is not just in my head. So many other people are dealing with it, but I, no one speaks about it or it's because it, it's an uncomfortable topic sometimes, or, or you don't feel like there's always a safe space to share that. So I think that's been really empowering to see like, wow, this isn't a journey that I'm dealing with on my own. Other people are experiencing it. You know, this is how they've overcome it. Let me try these strategies too. If they work for me, that's great. Maybe I can explore other strategies to help me in the same way. So I think that community is is one of the, you know, highlights of this program. In addition to the guidance that we receive from, you know, yourself, Dr. Rintia, all the dietitians, like it's been fabulous. And then I also have to give a shout out to Pam. Coach Pam has been great too. I do her program, like her, I was talking to Teddy about this. I've been able to do her workouts at home. And typically if I was working out on my own, you know, I'd be following a video and I would just give up and like sit on the floor and be like, I can't even, I can't even do this. I'm not even going to finish this program. But Coach Pam, not only does she keep you engaged, but she shows you that no matter where you are in your journey, like you can do this and what you're, you are enough and what you're doing is enough and consistency is key. So it's just all those things combined, I think are absolutely what makes this program amazing. And I'm so thankful to you all for helping me on my journey. Oh my goodness. Oh, I love it. I love like just seeing you with so much confidence and that, you know, you have your own back, like all of that is amazing. Okay. I have one last question and then, and then you can kind of give us a last takeaway, but are you afraid? Like, does it come up for you that you'll gain the weight back? Because I hear this from women and how do you handle that fear if that thought crops up? I think that I'm, I'm aware that weight regain can happen once you've lost weight. I think that that's normal. And I, I think maybe I take a little bit more of a scientific approach to it that like, I know it's a reality, but I think what I do with that information is a lot different than what I've done before. Well, before I haven't really lost a significant amount of weight, so it was never really too much of a thought, but I think what I do with it now is sort of what I, I said with that Serena Williams quote that I know that even if weight regain happens, I know that I will be able to bounce back from it and I won't take it as like a be all end all in my journey or make it seem like I am not strong enough or I'm not capable enough to do something about it. It's in the fabric of the program, that statement, I can do hard things. And I fully believe that I can do hard things because I've done it and I know I can continue to do it because the changes that I've made in the program aren't temporary. There are things that I do every single day, whether it's related to my weight or not. I've even used it in things outside of my weight. And so I know that no matter what happens, I have the tools, I have the capability and I always had it within me. I just needed, you know, empowerment and the teaching to help bring that out of me to be able to do that. And that's what the program has been able to do for me that I realized like I'm enough and I had everything that I needed all along. Oh my goodness. That statement in and of itself is just so beautiful. Like you had it in you all along. It was just a matter of drawing it out and having, having you see it. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So Fatima, what's your biggest takeaway? Like, is there any last thing that you really want to share with our listeners. And this has been such a hopeful conversation. So thank you. I would say that if if anyone has has experienced what I've experienced and what I've described today, whether you're dealing with issues with self-image or your self-confidence or, you know, feeling that you've tried so hard and it's just not possible, realize that it is possible. And I'm testament to that. 
you are capable, you can do it. Absolutely. It's just a matter of seeking out the right tools. And the clinic absolutely has all the tools that I found have helped me make such dramatic and sustainable changes. And if you're nervous about, about approaching something like this, I would say that, you know, you always find success outside of your comfort zone and you never know what you are capable of achieving until you actually go ahead and do it. And so please give yourself grace and believe in yourself that this is possible because I have been in your place and I'm out the other side, as you can say, I've, I've come through the program and I feel great. And I want like, I want everybody to be able to feel this way too, and get to their place of happiness and, you know, be at peace with themselves and be at peace with food and, and just be their best self. Thank you so much. Okay. So peace with yourself and peace with food. I think that that's such a beautiful place to leave that. I'm so thrilled for you. I'm really glad we were able to make this time work. Thank you for sharing your story. I know it takes a lot of courage and we so appreciate you sharing. Thank you, Dr. Hyde. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.